welcome to another edition of Digging Deeper with Brian Hale. Brought to you by Hale Multimedia, website and mobile app development for over 25 years. That's HaleMultimedia.com. Now listen in and join me online at DiggingDeeper.us. Okay, it's time for Vaccine War Headlines, Volume 9. Every week there are story after story after story of tragic events that are happening due to the vaccination rollout. And this is according to what is called VAERS. A lot of people are familiar with VAERS. Right. That's a government reporting system. The government verifies these things. Anyway, let's get into it. The latest VAERS data nears 1 million reports as of December 17th, 2021. The so-called experts that they trot out on big media have beaten the safe and effective vaccine drum for so long that many actually believe what they're saying is true. Well, we have all heard the phrase that none of us is as smart as all of us. And the crowdsourced data in the VAERS reporting system completely dispels that narrative of safe and effective. <laughs> Dr. Peter McCullough estimates that bears is underreported by a factor of four to five. He says, this is VAERS, Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, and we know that that system, these are certified by the CDC. So the red box report comes up once a week. It's certified by the CDC. That means all these events really happened because they came in as temporary VAERS numbers and then they vet them. So there's a list of different events here and they've all been vetted. Mm-hmm. They're not temporary numbers. 983,000 plus adverse events. That's almost a million now. Mm-hmm. Including 108,000 hospitalizations and 107,000 urgent care visits. So that's just as many. Mm -hmm. 215,000 plus hospitalizations and urgent care visits, resulting in over 12,000 cases of Bell's palsy, over 10,000 heart attacks, 20,000 cases of myocarditis, 34,000 cases of people becoming permanently disabled. 20,622 deaths. Mm. 3,300 miscarriages. Anaphylaxis in 8,600 cases. And almost 5,000 low platelet counts and 23,000 life-threatening events not categorized otherwise. Also, 36,000 severe allergic reactions. Mm-hmm. And 11,000 cases of shingles. But <laughs> it's 100% safe and effective, right? It's safe and effective. Ay, ay, ay. So in New Zealand, did you hear about this one? No. They okayed euthanasia for COVID patients. Hmm. Patients admitted to the hospital with COVID-19 can die by euthanasia if doctors decide they might not survive, the New Zealand government has declared. Ministry of Health in New Zealand confirmed that a right to a lethal injection under a new euthanasia law 
could extend to patients who were either dying from the coronavirus or suffering unbearably from its consequences. Henoch Klusterboer, editor of the Anti-Euthanasia, the Defender website, asked the following question. Could a patient who is hospitalized with COVID-19 potentially be eligible for assisted suicide or euthanasia under the Act if a health practitioner viewed their prognosis as less than six months? The Ministry of Health responded to their request on Tuesday, the 7th of December, and their reply started on a more promising note, but then the response became more disturbing. Their reply was, There are clear eligibility criteria for assisted dying. These include that a person must have a terminal illness that is likely to end their life within six months. A terminal illness is most often a prolonged disease where treatment is not effective. The EOLC Act states eligibility is determined by the attending medical practitioner and the independent medical practitioner. Hmm. So in light of this vague interpretation, it is reasonable to suggest that COVID-19 could be classified as a terminal illness depending on the prognosis of the patient and the subjective judgments of the attending physician. This feels like we've been sold one thing and then delivered another, said Klusterboer. So not only are they allowing euthanasia, but now it's left up to the individual. And he was talking about the fact that if hospitals get too full, are they going to consider terminal illness less than six months since it's so vague? You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they they could. They can start encouraging the, their patients to go ahead and right pull the plug. Right, exactly. Wow. It's like government's bounty on your life here, your next mm-hmm. article. Mm-hmm. Hospitals incentive payments for COVID-19 are about $100,000 per COVID patient. Did you know that? Elizabeth Lee Vliet, medical doctor, and Allie Schultz, lawyer, have just written a report documenting how much hospitals make when a patient is tested positive for COVID-19. Here's an excerpt. The CARES Act provides incentives for hospitals to use treatments dictated solely by the federal government under the auspices of the NIH. These bounties must be paid back, if not earned, by making the COVID-19 diagnosis and following the COVID-19 protocol. (laughs) Okay, so let me list some of the hospital payments that are included. A free PCR test in the emergency room or upon admission for every patient within government-paid fee to a hospital. Number two, added bonus payment for each positive COVID-19 diagnosis. No wonder they bumped the revolutions up so high. Mm -hmm. Number three, another bonus for a COVID-19 admission to the hospital. Mm Mm-hmm. Number four, 20% boost bonus payment from Medicare on the entire hospital bill for use of remdesivir Mm. instead of medicines such as ivermectin. Mm. Another larger bonus payment to the hospital if a COVID-19 patient is medically ventilated. Mm -hmm. 
more money to a hospital if cause of death is listed as COVID-19, even if the patient did not die directly of COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And COVID-19 diagnosis also provides extra payments to coroners. CMS, or the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, implemented value-based payments programs that track data, such as how many workers at a healthcare facility receive a COVID-19 vaccine. Now we see why many hospitals implemented COVID-19 vaccine mandates. They are paid more. (laughs) Outside hospitals, physicians, MIPs, quality metrics, link doctors, income to performance-based pay for treating patients with COVID-19 emergency use drugs. Failure to report information to the CMS can cost the physician 4% of the reimbursement. Because of obfuscation with medical coding and legal jargon, we cannot be certain of the actual amount each hospital receives per COVID-19 patient. But attorney Thomas Renz and CMS whistleblowers have calculated that the total payment of at least $100,000 per patient. Mm-hmm. Not surprising at all when they're printing the money. It's pretty easy to give it away. Right. CDC withdraws the use of PCR tests for COVID. (laughs) Remember? Right. They've admitted that the test can't differentiate between the flu and the COVID virus. (laughs) Can't can't test anything because it tests everything. Right. (laughs) (laughs) This is big news. After December 31st, the CDC will withdraw the emergency use authorization of the PCR test for COVID-19 testing. The CDC finally admitted the test does not differentiate between the flu and the COVID virus. Well, that explains the disappearance of flu cases in 2020. (laughs) It also inflated the COVID cases as Dr. Fauci and the D.C. elites knew that would happen. Yes. The health authorities reached this decision several months ago, however. They were withholding its inflammation until the end of 2021. They needed the fake test to keep the fear going in order to achieve as much vaccination and as much profit as possible. And Dr. Kerry Mullis, the Nobel laureate and inventor of the PCR process, said several years ago that the PCR is a process. It does not tell you that you are sick. It was never meant to be a COVID test. (laughs) So did you hear about this? The red states boost unemployment for unvaxxed workers fired over the vaccine status. Okay, nice. Yeah. So that at least five states have already passed legislation boosting unemployment insurance for workers who lose their jobs because they're unvaccinated. And several more states are considering similar protections. Arkansas, Florida, Iowa, Kansas, and Tennessee have extended unemployment benefits for workers fired for not getting vaccinated against COVID-19. And lawmakers in Wyoming, Wisconsin, and Missouri are considering similar worker protections in a Republican-led effort to fight back against Biden's vaccine orders, which covers millions of private workers and federal contractors. According to CNBC, the federal government should should consider requiring COVID-19 vaccines for domestic flights. The nation's top infectious disease expert also said that on Monday. When you make vaccinations a requirement, 
that's another incentive to get more people vaccinated, said Dr. Anthony Fauci in an interview on MSNBC's Morning Joe. If you want to do that with domestic flights, I think that's something that seriously should be considered. (laughs) Yet, Fauci cleaned up those remarks the following day. (laughs) Everything that comes up as a possibility, we put it on the table and we consider it. That does not mean that it's likely to happen. Fauci told CNN's Jim Acosta on Monday. Mm-hmm. I doubt if we're going to see something like that in the reasonably foreseeable future, he added. <laughs> Both Fauci and Biden are like ping pong balls, constantly bouncing back and forth. It's no wonder they lack the trust from we the people. We the people. We the people <laughs> media. You're right. Digging deeper. And remember, you can catch this all all week long on diggingdeeper.us for our podcast streaming TV, and much more. And to listen to some music and other fun stuff, check out diggingdeeperradio.com. Anytime, day or night, live 365, diggingdeeperradio.com. Did you hear about the antiviral pills? Yeah, I heard about pills. Who are they from? Merck, right? There's two of them, actually. The antiviral pills can cause life-threatening reactions with common medications. (laughs) Almost immediately after the first data were released, critics were questioning the drug's safety profile. Pfizer and Merck's drugs come with some serious drawbacks, the biggest being that they can cause life-threatening reactions with widely used medications like stantins, taken by people with high blood pressure, blood thinners, and even antidepressants. What's more, the FDA doesn't recommend Paxlovid for people who have severe liver and kidney disease. That one is Pfizer's. We have a question. Mm -hmm. If a patient dies from an interaction involving a COVID antiviral, would that still be counted as a COVID death? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's also talk that the COVID pill makes the virus mutate like crazy. So the link to that video is in this article on diggingdeeper.net. Yeah, diggingdeeper.net directly. Or on diggingdeeper.us and click on the news tab. Right. Because CDC's in panic mode after (laughs) the COVID-19 jab mandate backfires, causing a healthcare worker shortage. Duh. Duh, Captain Obvious to the rescue. Over the past (laughs) few months, thousands of doctors and nurses from all over the United States have been fired for refusing to get their COVID-19 jabs. This has since backfired on the CDC, as it has led to a massive healthcare worker shortage in this country as COVID-19 cases are surging. Quote, unquote. The CDC has since attempted to backtrack by announcing a contingency plan to res- in response to the crisis they already created, according to Town Hall. When staffing shortages occur... Healthcare facilities and employers, in collaboration with human resources, may need to implement crisis capacity strategies to continue to provide patient care. (laughs) Yeah, this comes as Joe Biden's White House also struggles to deal with the self-inflicted shortage of healthcare workers by deploying the military. (laughs) The president is directing Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin to ready an additional 1,000 service members like military doctors, nurses, paramedics, and other medical personnel, 
to deploy to hospitals during January and February as needed, the White House announced. The president is announcing that six emergency response teams with more than 100 clinical personnel and paramedics are deploying to six states now, Michigan, Indiana, Wisconsin, Arizona, New Hampshire, and Vermont. The White House continued, this is on top of the 300 federal medical personnel that we've deployed since we learned of Omicron. But this sounds like old news to me because I actually, I think over a month ago, we had a report of a lady who was questioning someone getting off of a bus, a big fancy bus. Mm-hmm. She was questioning her about what she was doing there, and it was in Michigan. And she said, we're, yeah. we're here to replace the workers. Yeah, I think that was a part of the initial 300. Right. And you know what's funny about that is the fact that he also is causing a military shortage Yes. Yeah. as well. Yeah, you take them from one group and give them to another, and now you're going to create a shortage in the military. Yeah, and, and so specifically, Ohio is deploying 1,250 uh, 1, National Guardsmen to hospitals because of the same problem. Governor Mike DeWine announced that uh, 1,250 more members of the Ohio National Guard are being deployed to hospitals throughout the state, in addition to the 1,050 that were already deployed earlier in the month. And some disturbing videos from de Blasio's New York City have Americans disgusted over the show me your papers jab stance. (laughs) And you thought the Aussie madness would never hit the USA? It's happening in New York City. Yep. NYC cops stormed into the Brooklyn Burger King and started demanding that patrons show that they have taken their COVID-19 jab. According to reports, the police were called when protesters decided to stage a sit-in at the Burger King for not allowing Americans to have a simple meal. (laughs) With New York witnessing a massive surge in crime, as some call it the wild, wild west, it appears Mayor Bill de Blasio and the Democrats are more worried about people getting the jab rather than people being stabbed. It could be a rap tune. <laughs> it could. <laughs> In the video, you can see the cops storming the Burger King and demanding the patrons to show they've taken the jab. There's another video circulating at the same time frame um, showing a family, including a five-year-old boy, who were detained at a pizza restaurant for not having their papers. And that was just sad. The the little boy was in tears and and just didn't understand, you know, why there were six police officers standing around his family's table telling them they had to leave. It was ridiculous. On this article, we have five or six other actual quotes from people's reaction to what's happening in these uh, restaurants where people are having to prove their papers. And you can read those on the article that Andy put together. They're on diggingdeeper.us under the news tab, under Vaccine War Headlines Volume. Nine. Tell me about Jim Jordan. Oh, yeah. Um, I actually pulled this one down. The video? Yes. Good. Jim Jordan asked Dr. McKay a series of questions. He was asking him questions about the um, budgets of the CDC the NIAID and NIH, and um, why, if they had all that money, why Dr. McKay had to go to private funding to 
uh, study natural immunity. And his answers led Jordan to a stunning conclusion. It's either they know the answer or they don't want the American people to know, or they do know the answer and they're trying to hide it. <laughs> In other words, regardless, they know the answer. Hmm. I suspect because there was a moratorium on gain of function research, so they couldn't use the funding that was out in the open. Hmm. Maybe. NASA hired 24 theologians to study human reaction to aliens. <laughs> I couldn't help but not include this one. This is just crazy. Yeah, he showed me this the other day, and I had quite a reaction, Me, I wish we could have recorded my original reaction. NASA and the Center for Theological Inquiry in Princeton, New Jersey, conducted a study in a recent effort to understand how humans will react to news that intelligent life exists on other planets. <laughs> hey, you know what? I want to see what people would react, how they would react when you tell them there's intelligent life here on the, this planet. <laughs> see if anybody believes There it. is every once in a while. There's not too many. <laughs> University of Cambridge religious scholar Reverend Daniel, or excuse me, Andrew Davidson, who also holds a doctorate in biochemistry from Oxford, is one of the 24 theologians enlisted to help with the project, according to the Times UK. Davidson's upcoming book, <laughs> Astrobiology and Christian Doctrine, in which his most significant question is how theologians would respond to the notion of there having been many incarnations of Christ in the universe. According to the Times, Davidson's book, notes that a large number of people would turn to their religious traditions for guidance if extraterrestrials were found and what that means for the standing and dignity of human life. That It bothers me that, um, that they're talking about studying many incarnations of Christ. That bothers, that's bothersome too. Um, because... Uh, you could say reincarnations, but there's only one true Christ and there was only one incarnation. There was one, only one immaculate conception. There was one, only one miracle birth. There was only one crucifixion on a cross and, and waking up from the dead and mm -hmm. spending three days in hell for us and then rising to sit on the right hand of God. He's the only one that He's a, lived to tell about it, right. <laughs> so to speak. Right. And so he's the only... So any others are just duplicates, fakes, clones, clones, whatever you want to call them. Yes. Right? Yes. And so why do you need 24 different theologians to react to something that is fictitious? If you want to react to Christ, that's what theologians are to do. Uh, they can be studying more than one religion. So therefore, they're not necessarily Christian theologians. Most of them won't be. Right. Most of them will be non-Christians. It's the first step in the one world religion, right? Right, right. They're trying to bring everybody's viewpoint under one umbrella and say, you know what, let's just accept that there's aliens and UFOs and... We all worship the same God. <laughs> Research published in 2017 found that people with a strong desire to find meaning but a low adherence to a particular religion are more likely to believe aliens exist. So let's think about that. That's every human being. Right. Everybody wants to find their meaning. 
but if they have a low adherence to a particular religion, okay, that's most people. 90% or more are not adhering to their religion or their spiritual growth. So that means 90% of the people are likely to believe aliens exist. What did we read for 40 weeks, Dad? Yeah, the purpose-driven life. Right. That's the search for meaning. Right. Right. Your meaning and your purpose. So, if you're searching for meaning, please go back and listen to those. Right. It's on our podcast channel. All 40 chapters. Yep. Pastor Rick Warren's Purpose Driven Life. How to find your purpose. A lot of popular episodes on there. Yep. Another thing we've had a lot on is this abusing children and and masking and vaccinations and let's talk some more about the child masking right so there is a website out there for the parent and it's so that they can feel empowered when they go fight the mask mandate for their children child masking is harmful unnecessary cruel and should end and there are several of these experts on this website and it's the unmasked child unmask your child well, in the article, there's a 35-minute video, there's a mask report, and it encourages you to take notes and let your school board know what you found. Call your legislators, talk to business owners, and challenge the mask mandates everywhere. Protect your child by standing up for what's right. So find the link in that article on the vaccine, More Headlines, Volume 9, that says child masking is harmful, and that'll take you directly to that website. Okay, very good. Let's finish off vaccine war headlines for today with follow the science. Twitter suspends mRNA vaccine inventor Dr. Robert Malone Mm -hmm. who questioned the COVID jab. You know, several people were involved in the development of that, but Dr. Malone was one of the leaders. And it's literally gotten so obvious that big tech deplatforms the actual inventor for dropping the truth. Mm-hmm. This is what likely got Dr. Malone, the inventor of mRNA vaccine technology, banned from Twitter. He said, The government is now lawless. They are doing things that are against the law, and they don't care. Forcing people to take an experimental medical product is illegal. It is in federal law. We call it the common rule. It is not legal. They are forcing the military to take an unlicensed product and then relabeling it, calling it a licensed product. <laughs> Ooh. They got a colonel to write a set of orders that are clearly illegal that all military personnel have to be vaccinated with the vaccines that's not licensed, which is illegal. And what they're doing is telling the military, Ooh, we're giving you the licensed vaccine, Comirnaty. But that vaccine doesn't even exist yet. And putting labels on them, calling them community, which is, by the way, a felony. But they don't care. The law is no longer relevant. We have a government that is out of control. And that's going to do it for our vaccine headlines for this week. Vaccine War Headlines, Volume 9, on Digging Deeper. Thanks again for listening. And God bless. 
And that does it for another edition of Digging Deeper. Visit our website to catch this podcast and many others anytime. You can also watch our live TV network, browse our on-demand content, read our controversial articles, or sign up if you feel led to join the cause for defending our Constitution. It's all on diggingdeeper.us. We appreciate you listening, and remember, visit diggingdeeper.us to learn more about what we're doing to bring truth to light.